May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and Redeemer. Amen. Take a seat, please. In the reading that Sarita read for us, what a dinner party it must have been. Though John did not mention whose house it was being held. According to Mark chapter 14, verse 3, the house belonged to Simon the leper, whom Jesus had healed. Towards the end of chapter 11, we are told that Jesus was no longer appearing in public, but was hiding in a village called Ephraim with some of the disciples. Not out of fear, as he was a wanted man with a price on his head, but out of timing. He knew he had to be the Passover lamb and so could not die until then. But what a great place to hide in the home of a leper. There was no way any of the scribes or Pharisees would come looking in Simon's house. They were too worried about being contaminated because to come near Simon's house according to their strict laws would have left them ceremonially unclean for a long time, thereby jeopardizing their participation in the Passover feast, which was just six days away, according to John. But wait a minute. Would not Jesus and his disciples be contaminated also according to these strict laws? But it seemed they were not worried about these strict contamination laws the scribes and Pharisees were following. In fact, Jesus condemned the many laws, rules, and regulations laid down by them and stated that the proper law to follow was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So, Jesus and his disciples felt safe in Simon's house. The guest list for the dinner party being held in honor of Jesus was quite impressive. Lazarus, whom Jesus brought back to life, was there. So were his sisters, Martha, with her unquenchable gift of hospitality. And Mary, who just loved to sit by Jesus' feet, to Martha's annoyance. Can you imagine the conversations? Simon talking about being made whole, that is healed and restored, while Lazarus would have been sharing his testimony about being miraculously brought out of a hole or a tomb. Martha would have been frantic with the food preparations, perhaps occasionally shouting out for Mary's help. And Jesus, as the guest of honor, would have been smiling and soaking up the praises of his people for his father. 
Wouldn't you have loved to attend this party? I would. Well, I chose this sermon depicting a dinner meal being done in honor of Jesus. As we too celebrated with Peter and Kina during our faith tea get-together meal for them two weeks ago to demonstrate our love and gratitude to them and thank them for their exemplary ministries they exercised during their time with us. Peter and Kina were very moved by our love and gratitude shown to them in this way. And yes, we all had a fabulous time feasting, sharing stories, and catching up with friends and colleagues we have not seen or heard from for some time, and wishing Peter and Kina well in their future ministries. Kina left last Sunday, and today is Peter's last Sunday, though he will be officially leaving in two weeks' time after the lunchtime healing service on 15th August as the healing ministry coordinator before he hands over to Alison Bryan, who is with us today, who will be officially starting in that role in September. Martin, as superintendent minister, interviewed Peter at this morning's service, where Peter shared about his time and ministry with us. So just like we have meals and drinks with families, friends, and colleagues, Jesus also used to love to do the same with his own circle of friends whilst he was with them. Of course, Jesus was present in the spirit as we celebrated with Peter and Kina that Saturday evening and is with us even now. So may I reiterate again, on behalf of Martin, Tony, Gordon, Alison, and the whole church, thank you, Peter, for a powerful, spirit-filled, distinguished, and anointed ministry you exercise with us here. We wish you well as you sit down for now, but are elated that you will be coming back as an honorary associate minister in the future. Back to our John reading. As the dinner party in Jesus' honor progressed, Mary managed to upstage everyone by producing the most expensive bottle of perfume and started to pour it on Jesus' feet. This perfume was worth a fortune, the equivalent of a year's wages at that time. Can you imagine the stunned silence as Mary tried to mop off the excesses of the perfume that was dripping from Jesus' feet with her hair as the room became saturated with the aroma of the perfume? What sacrifice. Her gift had an effect on everyone who was present, including Judas. Sooner or later, 
those outside would eventually get to hear about the activities in Simon's house. How about you and how about me? Are you giving to, I, I, are your giving to God flowing from a grateful heart for all that Jesus had done for you and for me? Are we prepared to break ourselves open, to give of our time, talents, treasures, trust, give our very best, our all, and pour them out for Jesus for the sake of his kingdom and his church, just like he did for us at the cross of Calvary? Yes, Jesus deserves our very best because through his sacrificial act of love, he rebirthed us. Paul puts it, puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 to 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 also states, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Let me share a story about a missionary surgeon who paid a visit to one of his female patients. The lady and her husband were very poor and their source of income was reliant upon their livestock. They had an Angora rabbit and two chickens. The woman would often comb the rabbit's hair, which she spun into yarns to sell to make them some money. The chickens provided the eggs that they would eat for food. Anyway, this woman insisted her guest, the missionary surgeon, should stay for lunch. He accepted the invitation, but had to visit another patient first. When he returned from the visit, he was famished. So he peeped into the cooking pot to see what was being prepared for lunch. In that pot were a rabbit and two chickens. This woman gave up everything, her income and only source for food. The missionary surgeon was so touched, he wept. In the same way, Mary expressed her gratitude in an extravagant way to Jesus because she could never ever repay Jesus for bringing her brother Lazarus back to life after he was dead for four days. Her actions came from deep within her heart as she worshipped the King of Kings and Lord of Lords.
Worship is pouring out our whole heart, soul, mind, and body before him who is worthy. It is holding nothing back, laying it all on the altar for him. Judas, though, was quick to rebuke this act. Unlike Mary's humility, Jesus' focus was on the money. Verse 6 of our reading calls Judas a thief because he was more concerned about the amount of money he could make from the sale of the perfume rather than the gracious act of helping the poor. To put it bluntly, Jesus was, Judas was greedy and also a hypocrite. Despite the length of time Jesus spent with Jesus as a disciple, he never knew or believed in Jesus. That is like the difference between knowing about a life jacket and wearing one. Knowing about it will not save you. Wearing it will. In a similar way, knowing about Jesus will not help any one of us unless we have an intimate and meaningful relationship with him. According to the Gospel of Matthew, Judas stooped low to betray Jesus to the chief priests for a pitiful 30 pieces of silver. Jesus spoke about this betrayal in Matthew's account of the Last Supper, the last Passover meal that he had with his disciples. During the evening as they were eating, Jesus blotted out that one of the, di of the disciples dipping their hands in the bowl with him would betray him. They were crushed by the revelation that it would be one of them. And they started to question their own motives, their gen genuineness and commitment to Christ. We see here the love and grace of God in these verses as Jesus gave Judas the opportunity to repent as he confirmed to him that he was the betrayer. This Passover meal was to be observed by families according to Exodus. And the disciples had become a family with their Lord as the head. The Holy Communion meal of breaking the bread, giving thanks, offering it as Christ's body with a cup of wine, giving thanks, offering it as his blood covenant for the forgiveness of sins we will be celebrating tonight, is the same as the Passover meal observed by Jesus and his disciples, also found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This signifies the strength that we must continue to feed upon Christ's life and his blood. Apostle Paul stated that we should not observe the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner but we are to come to his table with our hearts prepared, with the yeast of sin removed from our lives through confession, repentance, 
and obedience to his commands. In conclusion, as we visit again the dinner party in John, Mary's extravagance stood in sharp contrast to Judas's greed, as her act was based on her devotion, whereas Judas's protest was based upon the abuse of his position. For us, like Mary, our ex extravagant love for God and obedience will be perplexing to those who gripe, but we should never let such griping stop us. In spite of criticisms and oppositions for doing so, we must always seek to please Christ. Apparently there is a church in Milan in Italy that was bombed during World War II. All of the walls of the church fell down during the war, except one. The wall that stood has the painting of Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper scene. A wonderful and fitting illustration of how this fellowship meal will survive the uncertainties and changes of this world to be celebrated again with Jesus at his return. Finally, Jesus honored and blessed Mary's sacrificial act in verse seven of our lesson, ensuring that her selfless sacrifice would be remembered forever. In Mark, it states, I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. My question is, will that also be said for you and will that also be said for me? Amen. Now let's stand up and sing that amazing love Christ has shown when he died at that cross of Calvary for us and for the giving grace of God. My Lord, what love is this that pays so dearly that I, the guilty one, may go free. Let's sing it. Thank you. 